Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to Holding Your Tongue Before You Say Anything Else. It's issue 32, The Cost of Free Expression. Today is March 12th, also known as World Day Against Cyber Censorship. To those who are really keen on following the work of Reporters Without Borders or Amnesty International. It's actually a very important and interesting day uh, to celebrate because prior to this, and certainly prior to this particular organization instituting this particular day, there wasn't really a lot of talk about the kinds of censorship that was happening on the internet, except maybe in the communities of people who were being censored. (laughs) That is to say, the notion of it being an issue that should be dealt with on a national or worldwide level hadn't quite yet entered into the regular discourse because, well, in 2006, when this organization first took shape, there really wasn't as much conversation about this stuff happening at all. I mean... Social media was really just getting going. The internet had, prior to that, really been for nerds and a lot of people who were interested in downloading music illegally or buying things on eBay, a service that seemed kind of new and yet somehow illegal in how easy it was to use. Nevertheless, the idea of having an entire day focusing on cyber censorship and what's happening on the internet, and what might be worth taking note of considering the trends that are happening in different countries, uh, is certainly something that is worth mentioning, especially in this day and age where we are reevaluating so much that's happening in our culture and in our world, and with the way that we use the internet. It's no secret that the last couple of elections have been tinkered with by people who are using cyber attacks and internet tools to get at people, not just directly through hacking computers and ruining data, but through influencing people by showing them a number of memes and exposing them to plenty of information through secondary sources online that tends to sway the opinion of someone who might, under normal circumstances, be a fairly clear thinker. Now, the problem with World Day Against Cyber Censorship is that certain kinds of censorship are actually good, necessary, and required for any healthy culture to move forward and continue into the world. If you have too many voices in your society that are yelling completely divergent and opposing points of view to the general cultural mores that keep your civilization united in any positive way, then by all means, those 
weird and definitely out of character voices probably need to be dealt with, especially when they're spouting hate, violence, or just trying to incite people into doing something that perhaps they don't necessarily want to do if they just thought about it on their own for a little while. Wanting to censor certain kinds of speech, the kinds of things that really foment the worst in humanity, are necessary. And so this World Day Against Cyber Censorship kind of comes at this interesting crossroads of where my ideals want to be and where my ideals need to be. One of the elements of this organization, uh, again, this is all arranged and organized by Reporters Without Borders and a number of other related groups. Um, they put out a list every year of the current enemies of the internet. And in 2006, this was certainly something that was very interesting to look at because it helped paint a bigger picture of what might be happening in those countries for people who maybe didn't give them much thought. And, and some of these are not surprising at all. Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Syria. These are all places that it's not at all surprising that the governments are probably stepping in and using the tools available to tailor the internet that you see at home where you live. However, a very interesting addition was made to the current enemies of the internet list in 2014. And really, not a lot of additions have been made with one tiny exception in the subsection called under surveillance. That's countries that we need to look out for. This year, Norway was added to that list not necessarily because of anything they've done specifically, but just because of the metadata that keeps crossing Norwegian borders through various different internet services. Totally boring behind-the-scenes stuff that you probably don't care about. But if that's the only addition that's been made since 2014, the additions that were made in 2014 are incredibly illuminating. India, Pakistan... Russia, Sudan, the United Arab Emirates, and the United Kingdom were all added to the current enemies of the internet list. And the United States was added to the top. This is probably not at all surprising to anyone who pays attention to the news or even thinks very deeply about what's been happening in our country in the last several years. In fact, being added to the list even predates our former president, so we can't necessarily blame that slide on him. But perhaps, to my earlier point, censoring certain kinds of content isn't necessarily a bad thing. And if we're willing to take a knife because we want to be rid of hate speech, and the worst kinds of things on the internet, for example, Parler or other such services, then maybe it's worth being on the enemies of the internet list if we are able to hold that line. 
Where it becomes dangerous, unfortunately, is when rather than just wanting to get rid of the worst parts of the internet, the worst elements that really make things kind of difficult for people to even be online, but then you also want to start customizing the rest of what you see online. And certainly, while the United States hasn't quite veered completely into that territory, we're not too far away from it. World Day Against Cyber Censorship is not just one of these days where we think about security and privacy and our relationship to these tools and maybe change our password and that kind of thing. But it's really this opportunity for us to think very deeply about what our values are and how we want to be seen, not just to ourselves, but to the rest of the world. Maybe being an enemy of the internet isn't bad if you're an enemy of the worst parts of the internet. More pointedly, this whole conversation should be shedding some light on something else entirely. How often we depend on the internet, how it's become an integral part of our daily lives, and how we have to wrestle with how much censorship is happening in our own country in order just to log in and check our email. If anything, this should be a wake-up call, not just to those who have already kind of seen the light and have run screaming from social media in an effort to better balance their sanity, but it should be a wake-up call to those who casually Google facts constantly or use any number of services to coordinate family gatherings or other important projects that you're working on with a large group of people at a distance. It's not one of those things where we need to find an all-or-nothing answer. Obviously, there are solutions to these problems that continue to allow us to use the internet as a tool and as a piece of entertainment, while at the same time protecting us from the worst elements of being online. Censorship is such a difficult word to use and an even more complicated one to unpack when you start to think about what kinds of things are being censored and for what reasons. There are easy comparisons that we can make to fascist periods in history and the kinds of censorship that happen casually at first and then more and more aggressively as time goes on. However, when it comes to the propagation of hate and violence and the tearing apart of our culture in ways that is difficult to watch, perhaps that kind of idea of directed malice and incredible violence should probably be extricated from our culture in some useful way so that we don't necessarily encourage those who thought January 6th was a rollicking good time to maybe want to do it again.
living in the future does offer some incredible opportunities for those of us who were raised in some primitive times far in the deep, deep past. For example, if you were reared on physical formats, like actual books, albums, movies that you had to put into a device and then hit a play button, that sort of stuff. If you were raised on that kind of thing, you might be really surprised how easy it is to make that stuff for yourself in the here and now. Certainly if you've ever been inclined to be an artist, and if you've ever been inclined to want to make things to sell to people, then the idea of making physical media has crossed your mind enough to possibly wonder how much it costs. Now, when I was younger, the idea of getting a CD made seemed almost unfathomable. And then, within my lifetime, the revolution of CD burning technology not only came to pass, but then became so passe and old-fashioned that now it's something that you really only see the older generation continuing to do, while the younger generation is still passing files back and forth like they were kids in some classroom and it was a note that needed to be carefully guided away from the teacher. Nevertheless, it is interesting to find services like kunaki.com and duplication.ca available where, at a very reasonable price, you can quickly get an album made on CD, vinyl even, or cassette, and then have that shipped to your house in a fairly quick period of time. And you can email in your files even, making it painfully easy to release an album, or in some cases, maybe even a DVD or Blu-ray. It's up to you. The proliferation of people that offer lathe cutting services has really driven home this notion now that being a DIY artist is not only easy, but actually possible. Services like these mail-order online ones make it possible for you to go from one day being a wannabe artist to the next day sitting on 500 copies of your brand new album that you then have to figure out how you're going to get it to all of your friends who may not be interested in CDs anymore. The tragedy of how easy it is to make just about anything in any format for anyone is that these days almost nobody wants any format of anything. The most common way that people consume books, TV, movies, and music is all digitally through the device in their hand or the laptop in front of them. And while it might be very easy for an artist to finally make those things that they have wanted to all those years ago. We now live in this strange world where the demand for those things has dropped significantly. Still, artists got to do what artists got to do. And living in a time where we can make almost any kind of art in almost any kind of format we want now opens up this different question to us. Not, do we want to make art, but what do we want to say? Even on World Day Against Cyber Censorship, still means quite a bit. 
we present more selections from Whamma, etc. From The Best of Miles by Miles Nagopalene, also known as Flan O'Brien. Serious Situation Desperate is the only word that will do when it comes to describing the latest developments of the Wama League Escort Service. Several incidents, using the word practically in the Japanese sense, have occurred in recent weeks, and it is now practically certain that we may expect unsavory court sequels. Such a prospect makes me shudder, because the presence of even one small escort in the high court could lead to unheard-of complications. Soon the nation may be faced with a vast constitutional crisis arising from pronouncements made, or, at all events, distinctly heard to have been made, by the princes of the bench and all sorts of lesser judicial dignitaries. I am afraid the astonishment of his honor's own face would not be accepted as evidence to the contrary nor will a plea of gross fissance be valid either. Briefly, the ranks of my respectable and loyal escorts have been infiltrated by cheats and disaffected elements who have, however, surprising competence at the game of voice throw. Extraordinary utterances have been made in public places, but nobody knows for certain who made them. Worse, Intelligent and perfectly genuine remarks made by dowdy young women have been completely ignored by the person to whom they were addressed, whose first instinct is to turn round and search the faces of inoffensive strangers to find the genuine speaker. I will have more to say on this matter in a day or two. The Escort Mess The trouble I referred to the other day began like this. A lady dumbbell hired out what she took to be a genuine Wama League escort, and went with him to the Gate Theater. Before the play, and during the first interval, dozens of eavesdroppers were astounded at the brittle cut and thrust of the one-man conversation. The lady herself, who barely knew how to ask for her porridge, was pleased at the extraordinary silence that was won by her companion's conversational transports. Quite suddenly, he said loudly, By the way, old girl, is that your old woman's dress you are wearing tonight? Simultaneously, the unfortunate client found a printed card shoved under her nose. It read, Don't look round, don't move, and don't scream for the police. Unless you sign on the dotted line promising to pay me an extra fiver for tonight, I will answer in the affirmative and then go on to talk about your wretched tinker woman's blouse. Play ball, and nobody will be hurt. Beware. Signed, The Black Shadow. The poor girl, of course, had no alternative but to accept the proffered pencil and scrawl her name. Instantly, she was heard to say, in her merry, twinkling voice, Really, Godfrey, it's the first time I ever wore the same gown twice. Why must you be so quaint? One must make forty guineas to go a bit further nowadays, you know, tightening the belt and all that. Worse to come. After the show, there was an extraordinary scene in the foyer. The lady's husband called to fetch her home, and was immediately presented with her IOU by the escort. 
The demand for five pounds out of the blue made his face the color of wartime bread. He roared at his wife for an explanation. Floods of tears and mutterings was the best she could do. Then the husband rounded on the escort and denounced him as one who preyed on women, an extortionist, and a blackmailer of the deepest dye. And you over there with the whiskey face on you, he added, apparently addressing a well-known and respected member of the judiciary. I don't like you either, and I have a damn good mind to break your red neck. The flabbergasted jurist, not that he was one whit less flabbergasted than the excited husband, turned the color of cigar ash and ran out into the street in search of a guard. In his absence, the husband began to insult the wife of another bystander and to dar and double-dar her companion to hit him. This favor was no sooner asked than received. The unobtrusive black shadow gallantly ran forward and picked up the prostrate figure, adroitly extracting in the process every item of silver and notes in his pockets. It was a chastened warrior that was delivered in due course into the arms of the rain-glistening guard. All this, I need hardly say, is only a beginning. Horrible slurs on our civilization were to follow. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio zine, the cost of free expression. Issue 32 contains some and stories, including World Day Against Cyber Censorship, You Can Make Anything, What Will It Say, and more selections from Whamma, etc. Written by Austin Rich and Flan O'Brien, and read by Austin Rich. Spring is in the air. Inhale deeply. <sighs> Can you smell it? Yep, it's just around the corner. But until then, I'm still keeping the heated mattress pad on my bed. Thank you. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technologies. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story that you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com? That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you.